may be seated. We'll have our uh, message here. Pastor Jeremy DePina coming on up. We got a lot of good responses for that God is yes. fill in the blank. Yes. There's some really good uh, thoughts out there for the so, folks. And that's the series that we're in right now. Hopefully you guys all got to participate in that last week. We passed out those little cards, had everybody write just briefly on there what God is to you in your mind that you thought about. Uh, last week, Pastor Mark did a great job talking to us about God being merciful, something that we need to understand and know and believe, because through that mercy, we receive God's forgiveness, and that which he showers down upon us through his eyes of grace. Uh, there's all different good responses. Some of the ones I thought that were the best were, uh, one was God is in control, somebody wrote. Somebody wrote, uh, God is my all. I like that one. Somebody just wrote, God is it. I thought that was an interesting one. Uh, lots of different responses. If you couldn't guess already, the number one response that we got back is, anybody want to take a guess? God is love. Yeah, God is love. That's the one that came, came back. Uh, good and great were pretty close in there too, but God is love was, was number one, which is fantastic because next week, Pastor Mark is going to give us a sermon specifically on that subject, God is love. But today, before we get to that, we cross one of the greatest bridges that you have to have before you get to that element of actually having love, that God is trustworthy. That's what we focus on today, God being trustworthy for us. So think about that in any relationship, not just the relationship that we have with God, but the relationship that we have with one another. Maybe it's a, you and a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's you and a sibling or a parent. Maybe it's you and a coworker or employee. We need to have that element of trust to be able to build upon our relationship and especially to be able to get to love. Now is that characteristic, being trustworthy, something that is rampant within our society today. Think about it. So when somebody comes and knocks on your door at your house and is trying to be able to sell you something, trying to be able to get you to, to sign something, do you ever find yourself being a little suspicious of that person? Or do you think, this person is trustworthy? Which one is it for you? When a politician makes a promise to you that is different completely than the promise they made just seven days ago. Do you think to yourself, now this person is trustworthy? Maybe if you get a phone call and your iPhone is telling you this is likely a scam, do you think to yourself, no, this is probably trustworthy? When you take your car in to the mechanic, just to get a simple oil change, and then he tells you, you know, I think you need belts, and a distributor, and a starter, and new tires. Do you think to yourself, this guy sounds trustworthy? No, you probably don't in any of those situations or lots of other situations. I saw this quote this week, just as hope, Lord, for godly people no longer exist. Trustworthy people have disappeared from humanity. What do you think about that? Trustworthy people have disappeared from humanity. I bet a lot of people feel this way right now in our modern society or culture. 
I bet people that are not just Christians, people just throughout the world probably think most people or a lot of people are just not trustworthy. We may think that this is a problem that irritates us today or affects us today, but the truth is this problem has existed for a long, long time. See, this isn't just some random quote. It's actually our Old Testament passage for today. It was written by King David 3,000 years ago. The king that had people around him that he was supposed to be able to trust. Again, he writes those words, help, Lord, for godly people no longer exist. Trustworthy people have disappeared from humanity. King David lives on that exact same rock that you and I live on today, and he's surrounded by the exact same people that suffer from sin that we do today. And a lot of times we hear those words and we probably doubt, right? When somebody says, just trust me. It's like they're trying to sell us something, trying to win us over for some reason. It's okay, just trust me. It's actually a great method that's been used throughout many generations to be able to sell people on something. In fact, it's the same method that Satan uses since the beginning of time up to us today. Remember the story of Genesis when the snake comes and he visits Adam and Eve in the garden and he starts out questioning them. You know, did God really say, are you sure about this? Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You will not certainly die, for the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes are going to be opened. You will be like God. Trust me, Satan says, you will be like God. It worked then, and trust me, it still works today. Have you ever heard those words from Satan? Trust me. Trust me. You should tell people about the things that she did. It's probably true. They have a right to be able to understand this truth. It's not gossip, I promise. Just trust me, Satan will tell you. You should spread those lies to everyone. You know what? It's, it's not cheating if you're just looking. It's not cheating if you're just thinking about something. You have needs. God created you with, with needs. You have to be able to fulfill them. Trust me, Satan says. Don't worry about this. Now that's laughable, he says. Murder? How could somebody say something like that? Is it really life? Has it really occurred? No, that hasn't happened yet. You should be able to decide. God allows you to get to this point. You decide. Trust me. Just trust me. We can go all day long with all the different lies that God shares with us on so many different avenues in so many different ways. And don't believe me today or Pastor Mark or anything the world tells you. Believe what our Lord tells you. Because Satan will come to you with lots and lots of lies. In fact, in the book of John, it's exactly how God 
describes who Satan is. When Jesus is sharing with us as a church, he says, Satan is the father of lies. That's the words that he chooses to be able to describe him. Think about that. He could have described him in any way. He says, Satan is the father of lies. That he gives birth to all this nonsense that is pumped into your ears and into my mind. He goes on, he says, that Satan's native language is when he speaks in lies. That it just comes natural to him. That that's who he is. That he wants to spew all of this onto us so you will believe just trust me, it's okay. So what do you trust in, in this world? You know, over this Memorial Day weekend, and especially even this last week, I saw a lot of different articles about our military, both people who have committed that ultimate sacrifice for our country, and people who still serve today. And we thank and lift each and every one of those individuals up, and of course their families as well. The one article that caught my attention was about a helicopter pilot, and he was sharing the story of a time that he was flying back to his aircraft carrier with a chopper full of other soldiers, and on the way back, they hit this horrific fog bank. He said he couldn't see anything. He didn't know exactly where he was at. He said that uh, he felt like he was off balance and that the chopper was turning in the correct way and that he needed to steer it in a very drastically different position. But he said that the instruments all said that he was flying fine and that he should continue on. In the article, it says for 15 minutes, he fights this intense urge to be able to drastically change route on this chopper, knowing that whatever he does could either save or could kill not only himself, but all the individuals that are on board. Finally, the fog bank breaks, he makes it through, and he says it was right. The instruments that were all there in front of him that he had been given, that he had been told he needs to fly by, were all correct the entire time. He's quoted at the end of the article and saying, I'm glad that I flew the chopper by the instruments and not by my own feelings. What do you use as your guidance system when you enter into those horrific fog banks of life? That divorce that you're facing or that relationship fracture, uh, that financial ruin that seems to be on the horizon, that physical pain, maybe a death that just occurred in your family, the emotional turmoil or anxiety or guilt that you're going through? Do you make decisions based off your own feelings? A lot of us probably do. I do lots of times. Or do we look at the instrument panel that is there to be able to guide us? God has given us some wonderful instruments, and he says, guys, I am trustworthy. Look at these things. He's given us prayer to be able to go and to talk to God anytime we want to the creator of the universe, to be able to listen to me and to you and to be able to share back in turn with us. He gives us the gift of baptism to be able to adopt us as his children, to be able to give us forgiveness of sins. He gives us communion to be able to consume and has as a part of us the very body and blood of Christ. And of course, he gives us his word. He gives us that which is true, that which is perfect. And that's what he tells us in his word. 
don't fly or navigate your life by your, your feelings, but by that which I say is true. This is your path of faith. This is how you are to fly. This is how you are to walk. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If we try to pave a path in this world that is founded on what we see or what we feel, we're going to crash. And you know what? Sometimes that's just us. And sometimes it's also the crew that we have with us. And so God says, pay attention. I'm going to get you through that fog bank. I promise. But who do we pay attention to? Do you trust God? I saw this episode of Seinfeld one time. I think most of you in here have probably seen this show before. Kramer typically has this habit of being able to bust through Jerry's apartment and just kind of run right in. And so he breaks open the door, comes flying in, and George and Jerry are sitting there having a conversation. And Kramer asks them, he says, hey, do you guys want to have some fun? And they said, sure. And he said, well, do you guys really want to have some fun? Or are you just saying you want to have some fun? And George says, well, I really want to have some fun. And then Jerry says, well, Kramer, I was just saying I want to have some fun. You know, what do you say when God steps into our lives? Do you trust God is the question? And when everything's going great, you're walking that, that path that we don't have any disruptions in our life, you say, yeah, I trust God. But what about when he shows up later on? He says, but do you, do you really trust God? Or are you just saying that you trust God? Those times when it's super difficult, those times when we feel like we need him more than ever, are we still trying to calculate on our own instruments, on our own walk? Or are we following the path that God has given to us? Do you trust me? He asks. We have to be able to trust God in all of these things. Do you really trust me? This is the beginning to that gospel text that Joan read for us today. And they're beautiful words for all of us. When Jesus comes to his disciples, specifically he comes to be able to give them comfort. And these are words of comfort for us today too. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. You see, that element of being trustworthy that God gives to us today is a remedy for our troubled hearts. If your heart is troubled, if you are worrying, if you are struggling with anxiety, here's the, the remedy, here's the cure. Not the snake oils of this world and the lies that will be shared with you, not your own feelings. Trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. Remember, God is trustworthy. And remember, this attribute is not for God's benefit. It's for ours. God doesn't need himself to be trustworthy. We need him to be trustworthy. And when we trust in him, and when our heart begins to be able to settle, he gives us those promises that he goes even further with. Jesus goes on to be able to say in this text, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me 
that you also may be where I am. I thought about those little cards we handed out, those God is. And I read this verse again, and I thought, uh, what would be a creative piece for this? And I thought, how about God is my contractor, or God is my interior designer, that he tells all of us that he has gone to be able to prepare a place for you, to prepare a place for me. How exciting is that? A lot of us probably like being able to go out in the world or even just look online at at new homes or new places to be able to live. You can never find the perfect house, right? You find things that you like about different places. Now imagine the perfect house that not man and women have created for you, but that Jesus himself has designed for you. I went on and I saw even further in there, God says that he's going to take us to be able to be back where he is, that we will be united with him. And I thought, God is my roommate. How great does that sound? And you know what? The fun part about that is, too, is all of you also get to be my roommate, that we get to be united together in heaven, in this place of perfection. The best part about this, though, is nobody has to argue about who's going to do the vacuuming or the dishes. There are none. No vacuuming, no dishes, just us hanging out together as roommates in God's place of perfection, in God's place of trustworthiness, in God's house of love. Trust me, but when God says it, it's completely different. Trust me, though, I... I don't know. What are, you, what are you saying here, God? Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you are going. You tell us you're going to prepare a place for you. We have no idea where you are going or what you are talking about. If I read these verses to people within our world today, maybe they would say, God, did you see the news this past week of what happened? Lord, did you see these things? How could you, you talk about this? We don't know what perfection looks like. Our Lord never tells us that this world is going to be perfect. In fact, he tells you and me the the opposite. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, trust in me. I have overcome the world. For all of those people that struggle, for the little ones that lost their lives, for grandparents that won't see their kids anymore, for any and all situation of pain. I am here, he says. I will show you the way, Thomas. I will show you the way, brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It fills in our God is cards a few more times there. God is the way, the one that will show us to heaven, the only path to heaven. God is the truth, the only thing in this world that we can count on, the only thing that when he says, trust me, we actually can. And God is our life, not just here on this earth, but in eternity with him and with one another. Those are the final words that we'll close with today in which Paul shares with Timothy and I share with you today. 
here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's you. That's me. It's everybody else out there. He is the way. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, we come to you today as people that uh, many times are hurt and are broken in different ways. Uh, we lift up even especially again our brother uh, Benjamin, Lord, and the passing of his uh, father. We just ask that you continue to be with him and his family and with all of those around us in our world, Lord, that are struggling in so many different ways. Uh, I'm sure that there's no way we can even count them here today. But Lord, continue to please shower down your love upon us, uh, that people as Christians, brothers and sisters, will be able to unite together and share this good truth with people around us. Lord, allow us to be able to trust in you in all things, uh, to be able to drive through those fog banks of life and know that you are always in control. Again, lift us up, Lord, so that we may be able to lift up others with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.